Hey, it's Danielle. Would you like a $50 Amazon gift card? Here is how you enter a chance to win. Right now, Failing Motherhood is turning four years old, and it's almost Mother's Day, so we're doing an annual drive for ratings and reviews, which are huge for search rankings, for potential listeners to find us, and for them to size up the quality of the podcast. So if you have been enjoying Failing Motherhood, whether this is your first few times listening or you've been here the whole time, I'm offering extra incentive to put in a quick two to three sentence review inside Apple. When you leave yours, screenshot it and then send it to me over Instagram DM or email. And I am going to give one listener that leaves a review a $50 Amazon gift card on Mother's Day. We have some really exciting failing fatherhood episodes coming up. So please follow the podcast if you haven't yet and leave that rating or review so that more moms and more parents know they are not alone if they feel like they're failing their child on a daily basis. We need each other and I'm so grateful you are here. It was always great. This is what we have to do because this is all we know and this is the discipline. But it was always in the mindset of like, again, things that are tough yield good results. And and what was tough was being tough as a father. And Rosemary said a word that she saw me relax and be patient with my daughter for the first time. And I can tell you very clearly to anybody that's listening, being patient with a three to five-year-old is much tougher than spanking them. Ever feel like you suck at this job? Motherhood, I mean. Have too much anxiety and not enough patience? Too much yelling, not enough play? There's no manual, no village, no guarantees. The stakes are high. We want so badly to get it right. But this is survival mode. We're just trying to make it to bedtime. So if you're full of mom guilt, your temper scares you, you feel like you're screwing everything up, and you're afraid to admit any of those things out loud, this podcast is for you. This is Failing Motherhood. I'm Danielle Batman, and each week we'll chat with a mom ready to be real, sharing her insecurities, her fears, her failures, and her wins. We do not have it all figured out. That's not the goal. The goal is to remind you, you are the mom your kids need. They need what you have, you are good enough, and you're not alone. I hope you pop in earbuds, somehow sneak away, and get ready to hear some hope from the trenches. You belong here, friend. We're so glad you're here. Hey, it's Danielle. I am so excited for you to hear today's episode because it is the hugest gift to be able to peel back the curtain and see and hear a family's true, honest journey of their parenting and what it feels like and what it really looks like, not just the Instagram highlights, but the real juicy backstory. And I'm so grateful for my clients, Rosemary and Donovan, to have had the willingness to join me on this episode and talk about all things gentle parenting, parenting in the South, and parenting a strong-willed child. 
So Rosemary and Donovan are raising three girls in Louisiana. They invested in my Sanity and Solutions one-on-one coaching, which is a four-month relationship mastering positive discipline tools, rewiring your triggers and expanding your capacity and your composure, and writing your family business plan. And in this episode, they give an honest look at their journey as parents over the last year. Rosemary was working in the field as an OT, and she speaks to the added pressure to get it right as a professional in the field, struggling to regulate her own child. We speak to the misconceptions around gentle parenting and believing if it's tough, you're doing it right. You have to be tough if you care about your kids, and it's all going to be worth it in the end when they're not in jail. And the impact of that when well, parenting around other family and friends, especially in the South and getting comments or fearing judgment for going against the grain of what others are doing or how you were parented. They share legit hesitations they have to working with me and what value they experienced as a result of taking that risk. And there's so many good nuggets in here of not only things that they realized, but just their own perspective that I think you'll really resonate with. Not only Donovan's great analogies, but Rosemary's honesty around being so hard on herself that I know you will relate to so much. You'll get so much value from hearing this conversation, whether you are a seasoned parent, just like them, or you're brand new to parenting any differently than you might have been parented but especially if you have a four-year-old-ish with big emotions that you struggle with self-doubt and you feel like your relationships are suffering as a result, your parent-child relationships, sibling relationships, and your marriage relationship as well. This is an episode to share with your partner because they will be able to see their views and their fears in this family's story, and I know that that will spark conversation you just would not have been able to have otherwise. So make sure that they tune in and hear the same thing at the same time as you. That's why it was really important to me to get both Rosemary and Donovan on this call. And I'm so glad that we managed through many, many technology difficulties to figure out how to get all three of us to not have echoes and, and hear each other. And we lost, we lost Donovan in the process, but we found him again and it was great. So without any further ado, I want to make sure that I let you dive into this episode and If and when you have questions and you want to be able to talk further about how to find that same level of support for your family, go to parentingwholeheartedly.com, dive into one of my free trainings, download a free resource, and then schedule your initial free no-obligation consultation as a result. All right, enjoy. Welcome to Failing Motherhood. My name is Danielle Bettman, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Donovan and Rosemary. Welcome, guys. Hi. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Danielle. Hey. So you guys are some of my favorite clients. Oh. <laughs> and I've worked with you now for like several months, one-on-one. We met back in May, and it's now November when we're recording this. So I have no doubt that we have plenty to talk about, and I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to bring you on the show because I know you're nervous, and I know it feels like a really big deal to be like, 
average show parents uh, talking about their parenting. But I know you're just here to like brag about how perfect you are, <laughs> how you have it all figured out, and everybody just needs to listen to you, right? Yes. <laughs> We're taking over the podcast. <laughs> just, just trying to share the knowledge. Right, 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 right. So this, you, you told me that it's not going to be failing motherhood. It's going to be like nailing parenting. <laughs> Right? Yes, you're going to have to rename it after this podcast, for sure. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> so go ahead and introduce yourselves. Who are you and who's in your family? So I'm Rosemary. I am a pediatric occupational therapist. And Tom and I have been married, I think, eight years now. And we have three girls, Magnolia, who is five, Ophelia, who is three, and Prudence, who is one. I just love their names. Oh, so thanks. <laughs> and I am Donovan Malby, and I manage investments for a living. If Rosemary says we're married for eight years, that's what it is. And I have the same children as she does. <laughs> Perfect. And you guys live in Louisiana. Yes. Correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. I feel like that is important context for the upcoming conversation. Yes. So... You originally found me, I think, over Instagram, and uh, we connected talking about your oldest, Magnolia, but you had like a long road leading up to even when our work together started. So I want to be able to give kind of that context to uh, listeners who might find themselves in a similar place to where you were as a family maybe a year ago and just what that looked like. So back then or even now... Have you ever felt like you were failing parenting? And what did that kind of winding journey look like? Yes, definitely have felt like I'm failing a lot. I would say it's trickled down some, but still there are definitely times that we feel that way, probably at least daily. (laughs) And our journey started with me, I would say, when Magnolia was probably two. And started having normal two-year-old behaviors. There were moments where I just kind of had the mom rage and didn't even know that term, but just felt kind of um, shocked and sad and scared by the rage that I would feel during her behaviors. And... We started out, she was our first kid, and we started out just disciplining her the way that we knew and the way that it seemed everybody disciplined their kids and the way that we were disciplined. And it wasn't long. It was probably within, I don't know, six months or less or or a year or less that I really started thinking this is not right. So we did spank her. We did time out. And it just wasn't sitting right with me. One, because I had read how spanking is ineffective and how there's research on it causing more aggression. And then we just start, I started on a journey of just following one Instagram account and then following another. And the more and more that I read, the more it aligned with the things that I had learned in school and in my career working with kids. Um, and I work with special needs kids, but obviously it all tied as far as how a child learns and the brain science behind it. And so that was 
how I kind of got into the world of gentle parenting. And then I was kind of pulling Donovan along with me, I would say, sending him, you know, if I found a good little blip on Instagram, I would send it to him, send it to him. And like I said, we stopped the spanking. And then at one point we stopped the timeout, but it was like, we were just, you know, white knuckling through what to do instead. And then butting heads because as it played out, she is a very strong-willed child. And so big, big emotions, not a people pleaser at all. (laughs) You know, when she has an idea, that's what she wants to do. And she's not going to do something else just because you tell her to. And so after we had our third, we started seeing, so Magnolia turned four, and then a month later we had our third. And so within two months, we started just seeing some pretty extreme behaviors with her where she was having trouble at school. She was having huge meltdowns almost daily with us at home. And we just kind of felt desperate with how to help her and help ourselves, honestly. So that is when I think, Danielle, I just came across your account at some point, you know, the if you follow this account and then it leads you to this account. <laughs> and somehow I just ended up on your account. And I guess the rest is history <laughs> because it was it, I felt like we really needed the the one on one, like specific, like I got all the concepts and I believed in all the concepts and the reasons behind them. But, you know, push come to shove when we were in the moment with Magnolia, it was like, I didn't know what exactly to do or I wasn't able to do what I thought I should do. And then luckily Donovan was on board and knew that this was really important to me. And and so here we are. So, Rosemary, I know for you being in the field of working with kids, there is an added level of weight on your shoulders of feeling like I should know what I'm doing. And, you know, I, I should have it all together and you might be even like hypersensitive to the behaviors you're seeing because you know in the field what that's like to know when kids need help. And so what did that look like for you? Did you have more anxieties yes. or, or did you feel like something was wrong with her? Like what would that look like for you? So there was definitely a point where I was terrified that there was something wrong with my child. I remember thinking that, saying that to Donovan and asking him, and we actually sought out professional help. And yeah, I think since I worked with kids and, you know, I always have seen the benefit of extra support for kids. So I'm an OT and and I see how much an OT can help, a PT, a speech therapist, all these different things. We're always quick to recommend you know, if we think they need additional support. And so for me, I right away, when I started seeing these extreme behaviors with Magnolia, I thought, you know, we have to get, we need to talk to somebody. And so there was the pressure of, I work with kids and everyone sees me as someone who's so good with kids. And I've always wanted to work with kids. I feel like that is something that came natural to me. So then to think like, wow, I, I'm working on all these skills with other people's kids, including self-regulation is something that we work on as OTs. And I don't know how to help my own child self-regulate. So, yeah, it was kind of like this, wow, what am I doing wrong 
moment, but also, yes, we are going to seek out additional help. And so we talked to a psychiatrist and we talked to a, a psychologist and I just didn't feel like we got the answers that we were looking for. It was kind of the more traditional, you know, if your child does this, give them a consequence. And I just kept thinking, but why is my child doing this? You know, one of her behaviors that we saw was she was bringing things home from school every day. You know, what we perceived as her, she's stealing from her classmates every day. And even though we had talked about it, she kept doing it. And then, like I mentioned, she was having these big explosive meltdowns daily. And so I just, I really wanted to get to the bottom of why these behaviors were happening so that we could treat the cause, not the symptom. Yes. Yes. Which I'm so glad that you listened to that gut instinct because it was there for a reason. Yeah. And even though you felt probably a little bit crazy, <laughs> especially <laughs> of like not only, you know, worrying about how you're coming across, but, you know, the eyes and target and, you know, family and friends not probably seeing the same thing. It's a very isolating place to be when you feel like I know my kid best and I know what we're doing isn't best for them. And I need to, like, there's something missing, but I don't know what it is. Yes. And I, oh, like that's such an icky place to be. And I know that like, let's say there might be listeners that are in that same place right now. And so it's really valuable for you to be honest and just be able to speak to some of those fears because they have had the same thoughts. I guarantee it. Yeah, it's definitely a scary place to be. And it can feel lonely, kind of like everyone else's child seems to be doing just fine. And mine is having all this trouble, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just talked to somebody the other day and they were like, I took my kid to a birthday party. They were a mess. Everybody else's kids were just yes. sitting there. Oh, compliant, gosh. Yep. Totally fine. Yep. <laughs> Been there. What is wrong with me and my kid? Been there. <laughs> yes. So eventually you ended up finding my page. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was it that seemed to like click or resonate or feel like there there's something different here that maybe we haven't tried? Oh, gosh. I wish I could remember the specific thing that you posted. Um, oh, I know what it was. It was either a, a question or a post about parenting alongside your spouse, like being on the same page with your spouse when it came to disciplining your child. Because at that point in my journey, it was like I, I had all these um, strategies I'd read all these strategies. I knew that they were the right fit for us and, and they were the, the going to be the best practice. But I felt like I was kind of dragging Dalvin along and I felt like, Oh, if I could just get him to do it with me, then we could be successful. Then I could be successful. Cause I still felt like I was failing, even though I knew what I wanted to be doing. Mm -hmm. Like you were learning, like, I know what. I should do, but I still can't mm -hmm. do it yes. when it comes down to it in the moment. I felt like I was also kind of fighting along him, like, no, we can't do that. This is what we need to do. And so it was like, how can I get him on the same page? Yes. So Donovan, what did that look like? Because I'm pretty sure that you had said initially that Rosemary was showing you like videos 
from somebody through like a course and like you felt like it was like, you know, she wasn't like doing what she said in the moment. Like, well, I think if you just over inundate or oversaturate anything, it becomes a little watered down. I mean, I was getting like, I don't know, 10 Instagram, you know, uh, whatever messages a day. And yeah, and they were, they were kind of saying that it wasn't, it was like, it wasn't very specific. And it Mm -hmm. was this very gentle parenting concept, like, like Rosemary had said. And to me, it wasn't that I wasn't, I don't want, I don't want anybody to think or, you know, even you two to think that I wasn't ever on board with trying anything or ever on board with the gentle parenting concept. To me, it was just that, um, I was willing to do whatever it took to raise a good child, whatever good means to, to that parent. But, you know, I didn't want, I, I wanted to keep my child out of harm's way. And so whatever, whatever that took, and generally how I was raised anyway, you know, the harder you do things, the better the results, you know, I mean, working, I, there's no gentle workout, you know, routine <laughs> that you yeah. like, like, let's just, you know, kind of do half a sit up once a week and don't push yourself too hard, you know, mm. and your body's going to respond to that, you know? And, and things are tough, you know, working is tough and, and, you know, working on relationships is tough. And, and so why would parenting be any different, right? You have Mm. to be firm, you have to be tough, you have to do the hard thing and the hard thing is not fun. And it just seemed to me that gentle parenting was possibly too easy, if that makes sense, to where like, Mm. just be, you know, that's how I looked at it at first was, hey, just be your child's friend and you know i mean let them talk to you and and a lot of that was like well no that's that's lazy you need to be authoritative and you need to to you know force things and 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 and, you know that's harder right now and they're not gonna they're not gonna be happy with you right now but one day when they get older and they're out of trouble it'll be worth it so it was very conflicting to my original ideas because at the end of the day, and I think that a lot of people can relate to this, there's absolutely no parenting manual that says, look, if you just follow this, then everything's going to turn out okay. And so nobody knows. And so because mm-hmm. nobody knows, I I was reluctant to just say like, well, what if this is wrong? And if this is wrong, then we screwed up for, I don't know, three months, six months, a year. Yeah, How long are we going to go down this road? Yeah, before we say this is not working, and now we have a problem that snowballed because we let our child, you know, walk all over us. Right. Um, no, I'm so glad that you can like articulate that so well because I know that that will resonate with a lot of other families where that's that's the reality is like we both want what's best for our kids. That's not the question. It's how do we go about that in the most guaranteed way to create the kid and the and the outcomes that we're looking for. And it's scary to trust a system that either 
we haven't been taught or weren't parented with or don't have enough education behind to truly be able to trust. And like you're trusting your the biggest thing that you care about the most, which is like your kids and their livelihoods and their ability to contribute and thrive in the hands of like a methodology that seems, I don't know, iffy at best, right? <laughs> like that's the reality. Yeah. And I think, I think there is a big misconception about gentle parenting being permissive. I know, especially down here, I think that's a big misconception. Yeah. Speak to that for a second about like what the overall, what is, what is it like to parent in the South? And, uh, do, do your friends and like your extended family have the same ideology or what is that like right now? I don't want to throw the South under the bus because I think there are a lot of people in our generation who are realizing and wanting to do things differently. But especially where we are, what is the norm and expected is that you teach your child to be respectful. And the, the definition of respectful is basically obedient and polite. And yeah, there's definitely been comments, especially from extended family on both of our sides of, you know, you're just going to let them get away with that. You need to give them a, a punishment for that. Your kids are out of control. And so it is hard, but it's, I feel like it's a line because I feel very strongly about it, that it is a much better method than how we were raised. But you're kind of looking, especially, you know, our parents' generation, we're kind of looking them in the face and saying, no, you did it wrong <laughs> Yeah. by saying, no, we're not going to do it that way. Mm-hmm. So you know, especially when they think they did it right. So it's definitely tricky. <laughs> yeah. Sticky. Yeah. That, that's really challenging. And did that, did that play into your impression at all of like what it is to be a good parent or what it looks like to have a good quote unquote good parent child relationship? Donovan, how did that play into kind of your impression of things? Sure. I, yes, is the simple answer. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, we, I'm very close with my parents and I would say I have two sisters and, and we, you know, <laughs> relatively, I, I think we turned out all right. And so it's hard to argue against that, you know, and, and so you have to go into this process, not only teaching your child this, but you have to teach yourself how to do this and you have to be, you have to you have to forgive yourself on a lot of things, but you also have to teach your your parents if they are involved parents, and you have to teach people around you, kind of not necessarily what you're doing, but it's a lot easier if you show them what you're doing and say, you know, look, I'm not arguing against how you parented. I'm not putting it up against that. It's just this is how we're choosing to do things, and you know, I mean, if 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 a parent is teaching a child how to drive and, you know, he sits in the, the parent sits in the front seat every time, you know, and then grabs the wheel every time the, the kid is about to go off the road, then the, the child's not going to really learn how to drive. And like the parent is going to have to stay there 
forever and he's going to be involved and the parent's going to constantly be there and see like look my child didn't get in any wrecks but i think what we're doing with gentle parenting is allowing the child the freedom to make a mistake and the freedom to be a little bit more open and 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 allow them to express themselves and that may look like disrespect but they're learning how to talk to us and they're learning how to drive so that one day we don't have to be in the passenger seat and we can feel comfortable with them driving on their own. Mm, you're always so good with analogies. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is. <laughs> and I, I would love to pick your brain just a little bit more because there was a lot of times throughout coaching that you got really mad at me for making a lot of sense. <laughs> and I'm saying that jokingly because we, we have a great relationship. But I just love how... <laughs> how frank you were in like being saying like what you're saying makes so much sense. And it's so frustrating to me that it makes so much sense. <laughs> so describe, describe what that felt like as we started getting going. Cause I know you had some legitimate hesitations with moving forward, even though you guys did move forward, like, you know, right away. And, and you had a great conversation. You were very much on the same page about how your fa- family is a huge priority to you. And, you know, you aren't afraid of making investments in, the ways that you consider growing, you know, yourselves and and as a family, but, you know, for good reason, you didn't know me, you don't know my process. And, you know, there, there is a lot of risk involved with that. So for you as a dad, what did it feel like to jump in trusting me in this process? And then what did it actually compare to versus what you expected? Yeah. Well, you've been waiting eight months to say that, huh? You, you, know, you just wrote it down in your little notebook I one did. of these days. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier is I didn't know what would work. And so then, um, and I don't want to get ahead of my, ahead of your, any kind of schedule, but it, you know, it also is a monetary investment. Mm-hmm. which, you know, being an investment advisor, you know, I, if whether you can afford it or you can't afford it is not the question. I mean, because I think it's very necessary to use these tools. The question to me was, is there value in it? I, I wasn't looking at the cost of anything. I was looking at the value of the, of the product. And so, you know, I said, well, what can that money spend? You know, I mean, could we go on a vacation and work things out? Is this going to work itself out? Is this going to be you know, not worth the the squeeze. And mm-hmm. um, so there was, there was that part of the struggle. And so I was a little defensive on, you know, saying in the whole world of, 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 you know, Instagram and the whole world of, of people we could talk to. And, and, it, you know, is this really a process that's going to work for our family and we're willing to make a monetary investment, a time investment a, a time, not just in our schedule, but in our child's life, all of these were really <laughs> high hurdles for, for you, Danielle, to, to mm-hmm. kind of jump over. And, and whenever something was working, it was, it was kind of like a tongue in cheek, pleasant, like irritation that it was like, it was, it, it was, I think it was frustrating to me how obvious some of the things were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because in, I, you know, Rosemary and I went on a date last night and we were talking about this, that when you're, when you're kind of down a rabbit hole and you look around, 
you you don't you don't recognize anything other than where you put yourself and when someone pulls you out of that rabbit hole really quickly and is able to show you kind of some a different perspective it's like well man it, the door was right here the whole time i had no <laughs> idea like it's so obvious like of course she doesn't want to get yelled at uh, i mean of of like how would like you know how would i respond if I was on the floor and I didn't know, and I was opening a candy wrapper and Rosemary came in and just started fussing at me, like, of course I would be upset. Of course I would throw it, a, you know, and it's not disrespectful that I would do that. It was, it's a reaction. And, and so a lot of things um, were frustrating to me because I was like, why didn't I think of that? But I think that that's a good thing because it's, you <sighs> It, parenting is hard enough, you know, you don't need the process to be, you know, physics. Like it, it, it's good that it's like the simpler, the better it's like cooking, you know? I mean, sometimes you just keep it simple and things turn out like really well. And so I, I think that, I think that that's why I was more frustrated. <laughs> I was more frustrated at myself, not you, Danielle, that I was like, <laughs> I was like, why, why didn't we think of this already? You know I mean? Um, yeah, and that's kind of what I was trying to say as far as when all these things started aligning with what I knew working with kids and and knowing childhood development, it was like, oh, yeah, like, of course. Of course a child doesn't learn when they're fight or flight. I know that. But when it was in our face, our own child, it was like we were too close to the project. And, again, I love that analogy of, like, being in the rabbit hole because – yeah, you only see darkness. Everything is like two inches from your face. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to be able to zoom out and think objectively and critically about something that you're so emotionally involved in on a constant, exhausting basis. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I I do it a lot with people with their money. You know, it's hard to think uh, intelligently when you think emotionally. And how can you not be emotion, emotional about your kids, you know? And so you kind of have to take yourself out of the situation and turn that side of your brain off and say, look, I'm going to make an intellectual decision, not an emotional one. And this is, this is how they're going to respond to this because of their brain development, which you've showed us from because of how they react, because of what they can understand. All of these things that are really, um, you know, just when you take that emotion out, it's like, okay, well, this makes, this makes a lot of sense. You know, we were, I think we were in church the other day and like our our kid was, one of them was running down the aisle and afterwards an an older lady came up to us and was like, and I was like, I'm sorry if that bothered you, you know, immediately you're, you're so nervous that why are my kids doing this and all this stuff. And she, she said something to me that was pretty profound. She said, she said, nobody notices your child's actions more than you do. So like that parent at the birthday party, I was thinking about that. Like how many, how many parents do you think were staring at that lady's or man's child being like, wow, everybody else is being behaving, but that child is so bad. Like probably not, you know, like not, not everybody at least, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> Yeah. We're all worrying about ourselves and probably our own kids in that circumstance. And I remember like I wrote a 
Instagram article or post about being at a bowling alley and there were two kids with their grandma in the lane next to us and they were just being kids running around a little bit, you know, kind of squawking around yelling, not doing anything harmful to us or to each other. They're just having fun. And the grandma was just like barking at them and like just saying like, you you know, a bunch of empty threats. If you don't do this, we're leaving, you know, get your shoes on, just being so obnoxious. And to me, it made me feel so uncomfortable, but not, well, not because of the kids' behaviors, because of the adults' behavior. And I, but like, she was totally acting that way, I'm sure, because she was insecure about what I thought of the kids' behavior, like that they were bothering me. So like, it's such a mind game when you're parenting in public, especially. So true. Yeah, there were plenty of times where I was very anxious and apologetic of Magnolia and friends would say, she's fine. She's just, she's a kid. She's fine. But in my mind, I was, you know, taking it to the worst case scenario. Yeah. So a big part of, of some of our work together was being able to differentiate, like, this behavior is not personal I don't need to take this personally. I don't need to catastrophize this, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to have more inner peace and like, get you know, get a hold of kind of that voice in your head. So speak to either that or anything else from coaching that you found really valuable. What do you wish that you would have realized sooner or what was some of the things that have really stayed with you? So for me, I think the biggest thing was, when we started or when I started, you know, learning all these new things, it was, I need to fix my child. I need to fix my child. How can I fix this behavior? How can I fix that behavior? And turns out what I needed to fix was myself. So, and that was a big one for me was the catastrophizing, the the black and white thinking. It was, it was, that was the biggest area of work and the biggest area of growth for me throughout our program was working on my triggers. And I feel like a word is out there so much now, especially if you're following all the accounts and listening to all the podcasts like I do, trigger, trigger, trigger. But what does that mean? And I think being able to work with you and break it down into, okay, what is tricking you, but what's the thought process that you're not even realizing you're having? You don't realize you're ha- you're doing these things. You don't realize that you're taking one moment in a typical child's day and projecting it to when they're 20. In the moment, you're not realizing that. You're just acting from a place of fear. So big emotions from little people are running the show at your house. Is that right? Do they fall apart when something doesn't go their way? Ugh, just once. Why can't they accept the fact that the answer is no? Am I right? The struggle is real. You're not alone and you're in the right place. When your days are filled with relentless pushback, it is so hard to feel like a good parent especially when your in-laws aren't shy and sharing how they think your kids just need a good spanking. Every time you lose it when they lose it, you feel like a failure. The worst part is, 
without addressing the root of your child's behavior, you're doomed to play a fruitless game of whack-a-mole, reacting rather than preventing the next conflict. And next time, nothing's going to go differently. The good news is, when you have a handful of effective discipline tools in your pocket, you're able to step into full confidence as their parent. Parenting actually becomes a whole lot easier. I promise, you're not failing them. You just need more tools. So if you have a tiny human who's full of love and yet so, so difficult, if you can only be so nice for so long, if you've tried everything and still feel defeated on the daily, my free class, Authentic and Unapologetic, is for you. In this free training, I share five huge misconceptions in parenting strong-willed kids that inadvertently invite defiance, four mistaken goals they're using their behavior to meet and what to do about it, how to let judgment roll off your back and truly feel like the parent your kids need, and why what you're currently doing just isn't working and isn't going to anytime soon. So go to parentingwholeheartedly.com slash unapologetic to access this exclusive free training immediately. That's parentingwholeheartedly.com slash unapologetic. The link will be in the show notes. And so that was the biggest area for me was really identifying and breaking down the different thought processes behind the triggers and then being able to realize, no, this doesn't mean there's something wrong with my child. This doesn't mean my child's going to end up in juvie. It just means they're doing a completely typical developmental behavior in this moment. And I just can support them through it instead of reacting. So yeah, it was just realizing I don't need to fix my child. What I really need to fix is myself. Mm. Yeah. Hard. (laughs) It's hard to do. (laughs) That's powerful. Very hard. (laughs) (laughs) And you paid a lot of money to realize that. So that is like a punch in the face, right? (laughs) What about you, Donovan? What was, what was helpful to you? I agree. It was all Rosemary needed to fix herself. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I think, I think a big part, I think something I take away is I kind of touched on it earlier, but, um, was just, they respond to your reaction and kind of mirror that reaction. So even if you want to kind of just like, you know, scream or jump or do something, you know, because it's just a rush of emotions, kind of taking a step back and waiting and taking a deep breath. And even if it feels so weird, especially at first, just being like, you know, hey, why are you so upset right now? Like, can you want to tell me about it a little bit? Like, it it sounds so hokey, but it's like, it's so, (laughs) it's so amazing. And and irritating <laughs> whenever whenever they're just like immediately it's not going to happen every time either but even if it happens like one out of every five times that they just stop and they're like ophelia said this and i'm like 
wow, like imagine if I would have like raised my voice. She never would have told me that. And I never would have realized why she was upset. And I could have never fixed the problem because I didn't know what it was. And in fact, I would create another problem because I was fussing. And then in her little mind, it's it's me just being so much more front, you know, I'm distancing myself from her because I'm like not trying to solve the problem. In fact, now I'm fussing at her when she's emotional. It just it just compounds when you're emotional and you fuss and instead of trying to get on their level, and it's frustrating getting on their level because you're you're an adult and they're a child. And so it's hard to try to, you know, retrain your brain to become a child and say, think about, I don't know, think about how big a door is to them. Like just look at a door and be like, that's a normal size door for me. But in her world, everything is magnified. And like, and this, this is a big problem to her. And so why isn't it? Why, why shouldn't I respect that? That's a big problem to her. And so just trying to kind of get on their level and, and, and understand like what's going on in their brain instead of trying to put my own emotions and my own thought process behind everything. I think we do that a lot in a lot of different things, but you know, I mean, I think if we tried to understand people and where they're coming from and our children, I think it does make it a lot easier. And, and you've showed us a lot of tools to help us do that, to, to take a second to calm down to, you know, <laughs> Rosemary actually at one point put a bunch of sticky notes around the house, drove me nuts. Cause I'm OCD. And like, so they, they like, like literally I would go to go get my coffee and like, there'd be like, be a calm, confident parent. And like, I'm like, really? I'm a coffee maker, you know, but it, it's, it, it's true. You know I mean? Being, being confident and, you can be assertive without being punitive. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay to make a stance and be, and, and like Rosemary said, it's not permissive. It's you, you still set boundaries. It's just, you, you let them kind of, you get into their world a little bit more. That's, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. And have you seen that shift in Donovan Rosemary? Oh, for sure. It's been, huge um especially in the last month or so i would say it's like he he heard it and he believed it and he wanted some proof some reasoning behind it and then now he is it's more natural to him now so it's not him kind of pushing through when he wants to yell now i'm gritting my teeth and asking it's like he genuinely is asking what's wrong what's going on from a place of concern instead of just kind of gritting his teeth and and holding back that yeah yell i would say and and being surprised by the outcome because i remember him coming coming to a, a session being like she was bawling and yelling about something and then i got down on her level and i asked her about it and then like Two minutes later, we had a conversation about it. She was over it. She was on to the next thing. And I was just like reeling and like a hangover of like what just happened. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and I, I love that because like that that shock and awe is is part of it where you're like, oh wow, like there was a potential here I didn't even know was possible. And it feels a little bit like magic. Like, what's is this voodoo? Like, what am I what what is happening? But it's still not like actually integrated into your instinct at all. It's going completely against your instinct. It's having to override years and years of conditioning for you to stop the train while it's like already halfway off the tracks. So that takes time. It takes a lot of time and practice. Yeah, I I would say, and again, this is not to throw the South under the bus. um, Because, I mean, we travel a lot. And I did. <laughs> something, that we, I mean, something that I get anyway is I could, you don't have an accent. I can't even tell you from the South. Like, like thanks a lot. <laughs> but, it, you know, my, my dad, which was the more authoritative parent, you know, his family grew up in Massachusetts and he was raised in Florida. And so that's a different world. So he, but he was more assertive with everything and it was more of the children are to be seen and not heard and and it's okay to fear your parents because that's that's you know where you get disciplined from and like you're not supposed to be their friend you're supposed to be their parent you know i mean that was those are all (laughs) those are all pretty pretty much quotes and and i don't blame them i mean you know because i told rosemary like if you look at how they were raised it was you know, it was completely different as well. And so we're, we're, we should be progressing in all things, even, and, you know, especially our relationships with our children. And so why not? And I, and I think my dad would say the same thing. Like, yeah, if you have a better way, then why not do it? And it's, it's just hard to, to kind of, to think about that. It's hard to, to say like, this is, this is something that's very different um, than how I was raised. You know, and so again, how how do we know that it's not wrong? But no, I'm I'm I, I would say it's I don't want to sound too like hokey, but it's like a philosophy in a lot of your relationships, not just with your children. You know, I noticed my relationship with my wife being better, and she she credits that to my you know she likes our relationship. You know, she likes my relationship with my children being better, and that in turn makes her closer, and that's probably true. But it's probably a lot to do how I reacted to her maybe in a tough situation. And so, you know, you take those same tools into your other relationships and your, you know, your office or wherever you work or, you know, you're, it's just, it's, it's like at some point it's hard to shut off, you know, like kind of putting yourself in the other person's shoes and saying, well, wait, you know, how do they feel about this? Because instead of just reacting on instinct, it's, you just you cut them a break every once in a while and you say okay well let me let me let me try to put myself in their perspective and let me take a deep breath and let me let them cool down and let me let them articulate what's going on so that you know we can maybe solve the problem and i don't know that's i a bonus i think kind of a an aha for me at some point and what i think other people sometimes don't think about is when you're parenting, you're in a relationship with your child and it is a relationship. It's, it's unique in that you're the parent or the child, but it's not so different that you would treat them in all these ways that you would never treat a friend, never treat a coworker, never treat your spouse. So I think some of the really like aha moments for us were when you were able to say, okay, well, if you did this and Rosemary acted this way. Would you be willing 
would you be open to hearing her perspective or would you shut you down? And it's so true. And it's, it's the same for our kids. We still need to treat them, you know, with the same respect that we would treat adults, if not more so, so that then they can learn to be respectful. Yes. And I love the, if not more so, because they haven't even learned, they only are going to learn from the modeling and the actions that they see taken in their home and their brains are like half online, you know, like partly developed. So like we should even expect much higher expectations of other adults than we would of them. But it's so often the opposite where, you know, the, the, the terms could not be higher for what we expect out of them if they can articulate it and we know they know the role. Right. 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 I don't know why it's like we so often expect more from them than we do ourselves and adults. Yes. Yes. But that relationship piece, I love that you brought that up because parenting is the highest form of leadership. And I know, you know, like when you're in a corporate setting or when, you know, you're in the role that you're in, Donovan, you're leading other adults and you're leading, you know, a business. And when we completed like the family business plan process, it brings in just a lot of those kind of core principles of, you know, having high values and and being in integrity with how you, you know, live your life and and how you create belonging and, and a mission and a vision, you know, that others ascribe to. And so much of that is wrapped up in the day to day of your parenting, too, that it's just a new lens to kind of see it all in. Right. It gives you new, a new perspective. And I think pulls you out of the rabbit hole that you were in. Like we talked about, you know, we talked about recently zooming out. Like it's so hard to zoom out without that fresh perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So the the relationships, Rosemary, I'm curious for Magnolia's relationship with Donovan from the trajectory that it could have been on and the trajectory that it's on now, what do you see? Where do you see a difference? And what does that mean to you? Give me a second. Um, sorry. It's okay. <sighs> sorry. It's, it's just, it's a huge, it's a huge thing for me because I was, that was one of my biggest worries was I want my girls to have a strong relationship with their daddy. I feel like that's so important and it's something that I didn't have. And I really was, was scared to see, especially when Magnolia was little and she was a baby when she was a toddler, she was such a daddy's girl. And then I felt like I saw this break starting to happen and, you know, she really didn't want to listen to him. And he, I think he felt as equally discouraged with how things were. And yeah, now to see him respond to her with patience and openness and to see her kind of pull into him versus push away is, it has me much more hopeful for how she'll be with her daddy when she's a teenager and an adult. And um, it's just, it's everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I could so tell. And, and I know that that means a lot to you, Donovan too, but I just know like you, it's that outsider perspective of like getting to watch 
the dynamic change Mm -hmm. is a really beautiful place to be because you can notice some of those things that again, you know, you don't notice when it's you or you don't notice when it's, you know, the day to day that's so close to you. So now I have to put you on the spot, Donovan, for you, what do you feel like has been the biggest takeaway or benefit or value add from what your experience has been over the last few months of, you know, working together? Well, I, you know, uh, you know, I think anybody who's willing to invest in this process and the time, unless they're just placating their, their spouse, it's, they want to be a good father and they want to be a better, a better father or mother. And so, and so it's, again, it's, I was coming from a place where I didn't know the answer. And the way I was raised, you know, that's all I had to go off of. And so if you, if you took me at day one, I think something I've told you before, and I may, I may get chastised on the internet for this, but whatever it's, it's, I, I was willing to, to spank, to keep my kid out of jail. That's, that's just like a one sentence kind of philosophy of, of really saying I was willing to do whatever it took, no matter how hard. I didn't want to spank because I was angry. I didn't want to spank because it hurt my feelings. And we didn't spank for, for long, I would say. And for many times, I mean, it, it was just what we thought and what we knew how to do. And it was really like we didn't want to screw up as parents. And it was never, it was never punitive or it was never harsh. It was, it was always great. This is what we have to do because this is all we know. And this is the discipline. But it was always in the mindset of like, again, Things that are tough yield good results. And, and what was tough was being tough as a father. And Rosemary said a word that she saw me relax and be patient with my daughter for the first time. And I can tell you very clearly to anybody that's listening, being patient with a three to five year old is much tougher than spanking them. And so it is the tough thing to do. It's not the easy out. It's not being permissive. It's not being letting them walk all over you. It is tougher to listen to your parents and other people say how you should parent. It is tougher to get down on their level and let your emotions run all over your brain while you're trying to be calm for your daughter. That is the tough thing to do. And so then I like a challenge. And so then it became a game for me where it's like, oh, hell yeah, I got this. Like, you want to, you want to go to a level 10? I'm going to go to 11. Like we, I will put my patience on 11 scale right now. And so it was like, I'm not going to be the parent who blows up. I'm going to be the parent who is just so calm that this child thinks I'm crazy until she tells me, you know, is hugging me and telling me what's wrong so that I can fix it and be there for her. And I am a daddy's girl. (laughs) I have three girls and, uh, you know, I, I, I tell, you know, all of them, I'm not a daddy's girl. (laughs) Make sure to edit that out. But there's, <laughs> but there's, you know, I mean, it's, I, I say, you know, best friends forever. And they say, no matter what, 
You know, I mean, I love that close relationship. I want a close relationship. And that's, that's why I think this will resonate with people doing the process. Because like I said, if you don't want a close relationship, I don't think you're listening. So I think that it, that was the kind of aha moment for me was it came full circle that, you know, that we are doing what's best for our kid by letting our children uh, open up to us, be who they are, express themselves when they don't know how. And, and we have to do the tough thing to, you know, allow them to. That, that was like such a bow to tie <laughs> like the beginning of our conversation to the end. I feel like you just like converted it to a Ted talk. Like that was so, <laughs> so good. So eloquent. So like powerful. Cause that it's so true. That is the hardest thing mm-hmm. to be patient. It is the toughest way to go about it, to have the maturity that they don't have, to handle what they cannot, to be the strong person and their safe place that they can come to when like all, life is hard and everyone's mean and everything's falling apart. We don't need to be their first bully. We need to be like their safe shelter there's their haven that they feel like they can fully be themselves with and like flail their arms and figure out all the boundaries of the world with and then be continue to come to us year after year down the road and you know want to come home for christmas and know that like whoever they're gonna whatever they're gonna do is is gonna be like you're always gonna think the world of that and there's no greater grift you can give your kids than that type of support Right. Oh, you get you guys are phenomenal parents. I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to support you and get to know you. And there's at one point even my husband popped into a Zoom to meet you because I was <laughs> like, We need just need to be friends. Like I wish we were uh-huh. much closer. Um maybe someday. You keep saying that you're gonna fly me down so I can be a fly on the wall. So yep. we'll make that happen. <laughs> But to wrap it up, is there anything else that you maybe had thought to share that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet or um, anything that you would say to families listening that are still really struggling? I would say another big point for me was learning and working on the self-compassion. And we talked about the beginning, you know, holding myself to a higher standard. And I think I did. I think I've put so much pressure on myself to be a good mom that when I don't react perfectly gentle, calm, peaceful, I'm very hard on myself and not realizing that being so hard on myself, it was like shooting myself in the foot. Like it was making it harder to show up for my kids. So that was a big area for me was just the self-compassion and I hadn't really dove into that, you know, corner that that niche of parenting before. And I've seen you grow so much because you were your own worst enemy, your own worst critic. Yes. And yes. you know, it would be so quick to be like, "Well, 99 things went well today, but this one thing didn't." And mm-hmm. how dare it not? And you know, I'm the worst parent because I let that one moment you know, happen. And I know that that was something too, that, that Donovan would bring to calls and say like, Hey, I feel like what I'm seeing is pretty good. Like (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like we're not seeing the same thing. And, yeah. and that was really healthy to be able to have that, you know, back and forth to be able to broaden your perspective too, of instead of being so, you know, narrow minded into the negative of just truly being able to give yourself the credit that you deserve for, you know, the work that you're doing. Right. And I think just the, the credit, but also the compassion for in the moments that I mess up because, right. you know, I think it, you said at one point you can't give to your child what you don't give yourself. And so how can I show up and be compassionate to my child if I'm really not being compassionate with myself? Yeah, I agree. No, I, I think, I think, uh, it was, it, it's a big breakthrough for Rosemary to, to learn to cut herself some slack. I mean, I think I don't, again, that's, that's me being, that's me being a little harsh was I was like, you know, no, there's, that's, that's an excuse. You're giving yourself an out Mm -hmm. to, to give yourself some slack on parenting. But when you realize like, that's, (laughs) that's all you were taught. Like you don't, you're not, how can you be expected to fly to China and speak Mandarin if like you were raised speaking English? Like that's, that's all you were taught. You shouldn't be punished for that. Go learn Mandarin and relax. Like, and it's going to take some time. Like, so I gotta, I gotta speak to the monetary because of what I do is, is it is an investment for people. And it's tricky because on the one side of your brain, you want to say, well, aren't my kids worth a million dollars, you know, aren't they worth anything? Isn't it priceless to, to get a relationship? And that's, you know, I could be cheesy and say, yeah, this is priceless. You know, um, I, it is hard to kind of tie down that kind of money for a lot of families, especially right now. And, you know, and try to say, hey, you know, we're going to go ahead and go out on a limb. But I, I would say just having someone have you be accountable and to talk through specific situations. And to have the tools and the the response that we got from our children, I, I think it is very worth it. I mean, you can you can always do something to try to say, hey, you know, where can we where can we prioritize this? And I was very you, not knowing the experience was the scary part for me in prioritizing it monetarily. It was like, well, I don't know what the outcome is. And so it really doesn't have a priority in any kind of our expenditures. Like, you know, Disney World comes first because I know what's going to happen at Disney World. You know, it's going to be great. Like this was uncertain. And so I just hope it's hard to find that, especially when you don't know the outcome. But for us, you know, now looking back at it, it was obviously and we actually have done more months and and Rosemary and I have talked about that and it's like, we know the tools and I'm like, yeah, but it's so worth it to have someone to hold us accountable and to talk to in individual situations. And I don't know. I just think that that now on the other side of things, you see the value and not the cost again. Um, and the value is, is, is great. Yeah. And no one can speak to that like you can you know, having been that person and now being on the other side. And that's why it's so incredibly valuable to hear your journey and your perspective, because you're speaking exactly the same language as, you know, families that have kids just like yours and to find themselves in the same situations. And they may not even be in the South. And so that's why I'm so grateful for your vulnerability and your willingness to speak to that because it 
so incredibly valuable. I feel like I've said that word a million times, but, um, <laughs> so to wrap up as like the last question that I ask every guest that I have on is how are you guys, the parents that your three girls need? That's a tough question. I would say, <laughs> I would say I'm the mom that our girls need because I am willing to learn and willing to be on the journey with them. And I think I'm the mom they need because they're the, they're the kids that I need. You know, I think we were put together for a reason. Yeah, I believe that. What you got, D? <laughs> what? Nothing. I just, I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Wish you thought of it. What? No, we're just totally, we're so different. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, well, biologically. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and it's true. That's my answer is biologically, my kids have the irrational, like stubbornness, just the, the things that come from me. And so who better to understand that than me? You know, I mean, so I, I don't, I, I was always trying to combat those behaviors and say like, you know, no, I have to, I have to suppress that because that's what got me in trouble. And like, I was always very push the boundaries and, you know, but what, you know, this process has showed me that like, you have to try to understand them. And so if, if you're asking me what makes me the best parent, you know, then I can understand that better than anybody else because I've lived that. And I, if anything, had something to do with them being like that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I think that, yeah, I mean, what Rosemary said is very true as well. We're, we're, we're willing and a lot of parents make mistakes of omission and they're, you know, not there or they're not doing things or they don't want to put in the time. And we've made a lot of sins of commission, you know, we're, we're like doing the wrong thing or we're yelling. And I think that, you know, we're willing to make those mistakes. And so that makes us good for in their life. You know, they're going to be better served because we're willing to make mistakes and, and get down with them. And, and then push my answer in with that is we're also willing to try to understand them on our level because, you know, we can see a lot of ourselves in them and, and what parent doesn't. Yeah. No, they're so lucky to have you. Thank you. Truly. Thank you. Well, thank you again for the t taking the time. I know we had like 18 million technology difficulties <laughs> to get us to this point. So I'm so grateful for you to come on that journey with me and for just taking all the time that you have to be so self-reflective and um, intentional and mindful of the way that you're parenting this year, because it truly is an investment that I, you will not regret in the long run. So thanks again for coming on the show. And I so appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Failing Motherhood. Your kids are so lucky to have you. If you loved this episode, take a screenshot right now and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me. If you're loving the podcast, be sure that you've subscribed and leave a review so we can help more moms know that they are not alone if they feel like they're failing motherhood on a daily basis. And if you're ready to transform your relationship with your strong-willed child, and invest in the support you need to make it happen. 
schedule your free consultation using the link in the show notes. I can't wait to meet you. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. I believe in you and I'm cheering you on. Thank you.